Hello, this is Brighter Evening, a podcast where we discuss fun, food, and ideas to make the world brighter. Good evening. My name is Josh, and this is Brighter Evening. Thanks for joining me tonight. I really appreciate you listening. Tonight, we're going to talk about some snacks. Uh, specifically, we're going to talk about the Retired Snack Club. Now, uh, you know, this is a, a topic that kind of falls into the food category of, uh, of our mission here. And, um, you know, I, I, I think about this, I think the most commonly um, known story about this is probably the story of Twinkies. And Company Man did a great YouTube video about what happened with Hostess. Uh, and boy, as I, I started digging into some of the details of some of these stories, it sure felt like an episode of, of something that um, Mike would put on that channel. Um, there's there's a lot of interesting stuff out there about these retired snacks. So I'm going to start with one that's not well known at all, actually. Uh, the one I want to start with is Tom's Cookies. Now, Tom's is a snack company, and they seem to be fairly regional. Um, I haven't seen them everywhere, but I have seen them in the stores. And they still make chips under that brand name. Uh, at least they, they did uh, fairly recently. But when I was growing up, they made cookies. You could find them at convenience stores from quite a few places. One place you could also find them was in my middle school cafeteria. So on days I had a few extra cents, when I'd go to school, I would buy my lunch, and I'd buy some of these cookies, or sometimes even if I brought a lunch, if I had a few extra cents, I might buy these cookies. Now, they made a variety of cookies, of course, but there's one cookie in particular that I really liked, and that was the triple chocolate cookie. The triple chocolate cookie was a chocolate cookie with chocolate chips in it and chocolate fudge fudge frosting. Now, these are packaged cookies. There's nothing particularly special about them, but something about that combination, the way they did it, it was a great recipe. And I I really like them. Uh, and it's something I really miss, right? I, I've, I've tried to find replacements. I can't find anything that quite matches it. I still remember the last time I tried them. I bought two cookies from a vending machine on a road trip. And I, I got one. My sister ate the other one. I had no idea it would be the last time I'd ever taste that, you know? It was a long time ago. Um, Tom's, the brand, started in Columbus, Ohio in 1925. Um, it started out selling peanuts, and then they went into other snack foods. The company changed hands a ton of times. Uh, they, you know, it was sold within a few years because a loan wasn't repaid, and it kept getting sold, and, and eventually General Mills picked them up. And it was just a sub-brand of General Mills. At that point, they got a license to make Bugles, which is a General Mills product. Now, interestingly, General Mills is still the producer of, of Bugles. It's, you know, not just breakfast cereals, right? They sell their stuff. But the license to make Bugles continued on with Tom's. Now, at some point, General Mills spun them out, and they bought uh, were bought up by Snyder's Lance, which... That company has really seen a tremendous amount of growth through acquisition. It's amazing to see how many different companies are under that umbrella now. Um, you know, Snyder's was an independent company. They bought Lance Snacks. So Snyder's best known for their Snyder's of Hanover pretzels. Lance is, of course, known for their snack crackers, right? The the ones with cheese in the middle. 
and they kind of combined forces. They picked up a number of other brands like uh, those kettle chips. And now here's the part that really surprised me. They were bought by Campbell's Soup. So when you're buying your your Snyder's pretzels, you're actually buying them from the Campbell's Soup Company. To me, that's crazy. Now, the, the thing that was really difficult about this is I was trying to do some research, see what their market looks like today and, and what they're selling, because I've, I've looked into it a number of times over the years. And what they say is, at some point in the 2000s or something, I don't know exactly when, they decided to switch to just salty snacks and get rid of their cookie line. And so that left people like me unable to buy them, right? And they, they clearly used to sell them. And if you go to the Wikipedia page, which is, um, I guess I didn't link to it, but it's easy enough to find, there's a lot of information on it. However, if you try to find their webpage, that's where it gets hard. You'll find some Tom's Food um, restaurant in England. You'll find a UK site that doesn't load. If you go to tomsnacks.com, which is what you'd expect to be the website, that's the one linked to by Wikipedia, and it's, it's kind of the one that was their official page. When I checked, which was a few days ago, the domain had expired. The domain is the, you know, .com, so tomsnacks.com. That had expired, and the registrar for that domain had put up a page full of ads. And so you think, oh, there's different sections on different types of snack foods. It's all just part of that adage. And so if you've got an ad blocker on, nothing comes up. And if you don't have an ad blocker on, you just, you know, you get a bunch of ads. You don't get anything useful if you're looking to find out information on Tom Snacks. Now, this is interesting because it's clear that that was probably checked on that Wikipedia page not that long ago. But I also was looking in Twitter because it seemed like they had a fairly active Twitter account at one point where they're retweeting and, and doing all kinds of stuff, talking about how great their chips were and happy that people were eating their chips. And the last message there was about 2017. So at some point, Tom's brand stopped receiving any marketing funding whatsoever. I imagine it's in connection with this acquisition by uh, Campbell's Soup, but I don't really know. All I know is it's kind of a mystery. All of a sudden, the company went blank. I haven't seen their chips in the store for a long time, although they weren't really in my area very much recently anyway, so I don't know if that brand is still being produced or not. It's a, it's a big mystery. It's interesting. But I, I can't tell you how much I miss those uh, cookies. I wish I could get the recipe for them and make them. Like I said, they taste like store-bought cookies, right? They don't taste like home-baked. But man, they were good. Uh, so the second retired snack in the retired snack club I'm going to talk about is Grandma's Molasses Cookies. Now this one doesn't have an interesting story. <laughs> At least not one that I could find. Grandma's Cookies are made by Frito-Lay. And the most interesting thing to say about Frito-Lay is that they're part of uh, PepsiCo, right? PepsiCo partially owns Frito-Lay, so you'll normally see those products together wherever they're sold. Um, they have a variety of cookie types, right? They, I think they sell three or four of them right now. But it really seems like they have a very focused product line. They just sell a handful, and it's probably the ones that sell best, which I'm sure for operations is good, right? It, it keeps them only producing things they should be producing, and getting customers what they want, not selling things that that don't sell well. 
But I, I certainly remember their molasses cookies. They were frosted molasses cookies. When I was, when I was young, my dad used to buy them and share them with me. And uh, I can understand why they're probably not selling that well, and it's because most people don't seem to like the flavor of molasses that much. I like to buy ginger snap cookies. I'm the only one in my house that'll eat them because they've got a bit of a ginger spice to them. And there's definitely a lot of molasses flavor. But like I said, for me, that's a, that's a selling point, right? I kind of like that flavor. Obviously, if the molasses gets too strong, it doesn't appeal to me. But a little bit, yeah, I think it's got a good flavor. And these cookies had that. They were soft, chewy, and there's a lot of molasses in them. The frosting on the top, again, was this kind of like white... Uh, kind of caked on frosting. It didn't look like frosting on a cupcake or or like Frosted Flakes powder or anything like that. It was just kind of that that kind of thin layer that's white. Altogether, great, nice, chewy cookie. I've I've kept my eyes open for it for years, and I haven't been able to find it. So if you see them, let me know. I, I did check on eBay for a few of these, and there's no way. Um... There's no Tom's cookies on eBay. There's no Grandma's molasses cookies on eBay. What got me thinking about it, of course, is uh, L.A. Beast. It's a guy on YouTube. He did a video some time ago, I think it was 2013, where he bought a 20-year-old bottle of Crystal Pepsi because he loved Crystal Pepsi. And he drank it and said it tasted kind of bad, but kind of okay. Crystal Pepsi, of course, is supposed to be clear. His bottle was yellow. And then a little while later, he got sick from it, right? Because <laughs> it was 20-year-old yellow Crystal Pepsi, which means it's probably sitting out in the sun or something terrible um, or something worse, right? So he did this. It got the attention of PepsiCo, and PepsiCo has done some re-releases of Crystal Pepsi. I think they did two different summers now. And uh, I'll, I'll say I went and I tried the Crystal Pepsi. It wasn't wasn't as good as I remembered it from growing up. Um, but you know, when it comes to colas, I, I kind of prefer Coca-Cola or RC Cola to Pepsi. So I, I don't know. Um, my hope was I, maybe I could find this and I could do something similar, but, uh, it's, it's not to be these, these weren't well enough known things that there's a, a market on eBay for 15 year old cookies or whatever. All right. So the next, the next treat on our, uh, on our list is a treat called Ben-Hur's. Now, this is a treat I only tried one time. I was pretty young. I think I might have been around 10. I'm not sure exactly, but I was very young. Um, this is a treat that seems to be very regional. It actually has a bunch of different names, like Simsim, Sensens, all these different things. Now, these aren't um, actually Sensens, which you can buy as a nostalgia candy. Um, this is a candy my dad ate growing up. And so when he got got it, he shared it with me. It was a little dark, kind of charcoaly looking square, and uh, charcoaly aftershavey may have been may have been the best way to describe the flavor. It was strong in anise and licorice, um, very aromatic. Uh, and I can't say that I really liked it a lot, but the people who love it like it love it. I think it's a lot like licorice, right? If black licorice, there are people that love black licorice, and there are people who think it's disgusting. And I don't know that there's a lot of people that are like right in the middle on that one. Usually it's a fairly polarizing thing. Um, I, I've tried black licorice that I like, but I, I can't say that I'm often headed for it in the store. But there are people, right, that, that that's their, their favorite thing. P 
people eat it to the point that they get sick. And I, I think this is one of those, right? Like if it's a, it's a flavor that appeals to you, you're really going to love it because it's unique. I think of it like the, um, there's a, a purple gum. I can't remember the name of, uh, and the purple gum it has, it's called violet gum. It's got this kind of weird flavor to it. They also sell kind of breath mints that have that flavor. And it's something where I can't say, yeah, this is a great flavor, but I like the flavor. And, and sometimes that gum just is the, hits the spot in a certain way. So when I come across it in the candy store or something, I'll, I'll give it a shot, you know? It's just nice to have something a little different sometimes. Um, so the story on this is pretty interesting. I had looked over the years in a lot of different places to try to find research on this. It was something I tried to buy as a Christmas present for I don't know how many years until I finally tracked down what it was, where it was, right? And, you know, it's a, it's a fairly rare thing. There are message boards where people have posted things over the years. Fortunately, there is a, um, a company that's got a candy store, and they put a post together on Facebook that came up. So um, the company is called Sweets and Treats, and a big, big thank you to them for putting this post together. It's linked in the show notes, so you know, please go to the website at brighterevening.com to check it out if you want to read the whole thing. But uh, the the story is that they were made by a company called uh, Wonderlul. I think that's how it's pronounced. And, of course, no one's heard of this company recently, right? It's a pretty uh, unknown company. But the cool thing about them is they were the inventor of candy corn, right? So this is the company that invented Ben-Hur's. And as happens with companies, they have their product and product line, and you know, food, food companies especially, it's like this, and they're going to keep producing what they produce. But then when there's an acquisition, the company that buys them focuses on the lines that they think are actually going to be successful or that have historically been successful that the company doesn't want to get rid of because of uh, you know history, nostalgia, whatever. And so they were purchased by Hyde. Um, I know them best for candies like Juji Fruits and all the like assorted Juji Fruit friends that are out there. So it's some some I haven't seen very much in recent years. I do remember seeing it when I was much younger, after Halloween, and go to like a, say Walmart, and you could find sometimes Juji Fruits and Friends, and of course Juji Fruits they're these little kind of chewy gummy candies that they're they're one of the few candies I feel like is is better if it's slightly stale, um, when it just dries out a little bit, it's a little chewier and pulls on your teeth just a little bit more, uh, but. They also have some other stuff that's related to Juji Fruits, like uh, cinnamon dollars and stuff. I like the Friends actually quite a lot, and they're something you could only get occasionally, right? Every every uh, Halloween and only for a few years. So something to keep your eyes open for if you're uh, if you see them. Um, Hyde was purchased by Farley and Sailors, um, which was the mix of two companies, um, and. This is another one that got to be really interesting as I read about it. Um, Farley and Sather's make almost all the jelly beans consumed in the United States. I don't know if they own um, any of the gourmet jelly bean brands, but the kind of typical drugstore jelly beans and, and stuff like that, absolutely, that's them. Uh, and so the, most of the jelly beans, they produce something like 600 pans of candy simultaneously 
So their closest competitor is producing 150, if, if uh, I got my figures right here. It's just a, a, a crazy thing because it's a company I haven't even heard of. But it gets crazier, right? Now, about Ben-Hur's, they don't have any plans to produce them. In none of the acquisitions that I'm, I'm, I've talked about so far or I'm going to talk about with this company, um, that Wonderl, you know, from, from then on, right, Hyde, Farley Sailors, and some of these others, none of them have plans to produce it. There are petitions out there. If you're interested in getting some, um, you can sign the petition, and hopefully they'll hear you and, and run the limited batch. They still own the recipe. You also have the option of buying anise-flavored uh, butter mints, like those after-dinner mints you'll get at uh, you know, a restaurant or whatever, those little kind of creamy ones. Those are apparently about the closest thing you can get flavor-wise. So if you are looking to kind of relive that, that's a place to look. And, uh, you know, you can always cross your fingers on it. Um, anyways, Farley and Sather's bought Ferrera Pan Candy and and took on its name. And that company had a bunch of cool stuff. Um, the two big ones that, of course, I think, you know, almost everyone knows would be Lemonheads and the other is Jordan Almonds. Lemonheads, if you don't know, they're a kind of sour sweet candy. Uh, they're fairly chewy. Uh, if you start chewing on them, but you'd normally suck on them. They have a like kind of harder candy outside. Not very hard, but a little bit. And then as you suck on them for a few minutes, they get a little chewier, and it's uh, kind of a lemonade flavor. Jordan almonds, if you don't know, these are almonds that are coated in a candy crust, kind of like the candy crust that's on the outside of an M&M. They come in different co uh, colors. They're common at weddings and things. So Ferrara Pan Candy... That was the company that purchased or was purchased by Farlane Sailors. They liked the the name better, and they took it on. Now Ferrara Pan Candy was a family-owned business, and it was uh, getting towards its like fifth generation or something like that. It had been in the family for a long time, and it was it was not per performing as well. I guess there was a lot of problems because there were so many family members involved that you know some people just wanted money. A lot of people wanted positions for them and their kids, and it got to be very difficult for everyone to operate. So at a board meeting, the the CEO there, he was a you know, direct descendant of the founder. The board asked him to leave, and then they called the police. There's not a lot of details on this story, but if you read between the lines, it sounds like there was a big argument. He decided to leave. They were worried. They called the police. Later on, he found out that the board was reconvening without him, which was against the company bylaws, so he called the police. Like, crazy stuff happened there. Not a lot of details, but you can read between the lines and kind of get the idea. So about a year after this whole incident with the you know, founder's uh, descendant and and the board and the police, the company was sold to Farley and Sathers, and they, they took on the name. And then Ferrero purchased them not too long ago. And so they're the makers of Nutella, which means the makers of Nutella make all the jelly beans you eat, if, if you eat jelly beans. To me, it's just a wild story going from you know, this one company that invented candy corn and Ben-Hur's through Hyde and Farley and Sather's, Ferrapan and, and Ferraro. I couldn't believe how crazy this got. Um, you know, to the point that you've got the board calling the, the police on, on one of the founders, like grandchildren or whatever. Uh, it's amazing. All right, so the last treat in the Retired Snacks Club tonight 
is NECA wafers. Now, the, the biggest thing I learned about NECA wafers, the thing that surprised me the most about them, was what the name means. I always just thought NECA was a, you know, a nickname, you know, name, a name they just came up with, but it actually, it's an abbreviation. It's the New England Confectionery Company. So New England is the N-E and NEC Confectionery Company, would be conve or Confectionery Co. would be the CCO, right? So for me, that was kind of a cool revelation. I never thought about it. They were also uh, the major producer of conversation hearts, you know, the ones you actually passed around when you were in third grade, when it was Valentine's Day. It looks like that company had been kind of circling the drain for a while. They'd been in some financial trouble. Uh, in, the in the town they were operating in, they had gotten one of these tax credits from the local government, and they were supposed to, as a result of the tax credit, hire some number of people. They had only hired 41 of the, you know, however many it was supposed to be, of, lo of local people to get the tax credit, and it sounds like there was a pretty heated exchange, some yelling, at a town council meeting, where it came out that the sales were down 30%. And the, the company chairman, I think it was, that was there, got very upset because he had to say that they were down 30% in public, and he was worried that his major purchasers, like CVS, would get spooked and stop buying the NECA wafers from them because they're worried about the health of the company, right? Once once it uh, gets to be difficult to do business with with a company, right? Like you're, you're worried that if you pay them, you won't get the product or whatever. Things get even harder. And so things went on for a while, but the company abruptly went out of business. Um, they just, you know, one day to the next told their workers come pick up your last paycheck on Friday, shut down the machines. That was that. And so NECA wafers and potentially conversation hearts were, were gone. Um, but this retired snack actually has a happy ending. So we get to end this on a positive note. Um, after they went out of business, they were purchased by the Spangler Candy Company. And Spangler Candy Company has Starbursts and Dum Dums and a bunch of nostalgia candies. Um, the story goes that they had bid on them for, I think, $18.4 million, had decided they wanted a discount. So they went to the next lowest uh, bidder, or next highest bidder, rather. And when they went to the next highest bidder, somehow that didn't work out. And Spangler came back in and was able to purchase them for a little bit less. Um, that was that was last year. That was in 2019, and they were not able to get Conversation Hearts ready for the 2019 Valentine's Day, which I think is a pretty big deal because Conversation Hearts are a bit of an institution around Valentine's Day, right? I mean, that's what Valentine's Day. That's like one of the things I think about is buying a little pack of Conversation Hearts. Now the funny thing is. I never put the two together, but Conversation Hearts, the the ones that they put together, they, the ones that they put out, because there are some other companies that do something similar, they're basically the same thing as NECA wafers. They have that same crunch, same flavor. So, of course, it makes sense that they're made by the same company. Now, they're saying that they're going to be able to get them out for uh, the 2020 Valentine's season, which is coming upon us fairly soon. I think it's a few weeks away. So, if you missed your Conversation Hearts last year, this year you'll be able to get them. 
And NECA wafers are out of retirement. They've been re-released by the new owners, and I've included a link on their website to buy them directly. So you can go to Spangler Candy Company and buy them. And Spangler Candy Company sells all sorts of uh, kind of nostalgia candy. So something like Necco wafers is is the perfect thing for them, right? Uh, and I think it's it's a good home as as long as they're around, they're going to be able to sell stuff like this. Um, I think Chuckles is another one that's in their in their um, inventory, and you know Chuckles is another one that I'd mostly buy out of nostalgia, right? Um, it's amazing as I looked at all these different candy companies and how they they bought and sold and and everything and it's it's funny to me that you know these um these things that resonate from my childhood right they're they're snacks they're treats they're things that you'd go to the store you know rainbow gum right that was a big one for me it was a bunch of gumballs and they were you know arranged two red two purple two blue two green right or in some rainbow fashion all those things, uh, you know, at the time they were treats, and I never considered when I was a child the the companies that were creating them, and what what was going on, you know, with the the workers and all that that made it possible, and so you never really think, at least I never did, about the level of acquisitions and sales that happen in that world. It seems like a very dynamic and vibrant industry to be involved in. And fairly cutthroat, because man, you know, if you've got a better candy than the next guy, people are only, only going to buy so much candy at a time. And health-wise, you probably don't want to grow that market. So, really fascinating stuff. Um, I'm glad to hear that NECA wafers are back, and that we'll have conversation hearts this year. I uh, I can't say that I'm too upset about Ben Hur's, but I'd I'd love to be able to try them again, and you know, see if they're at all like I remember. The grandma's molasses cookies, you know, again, those those are ones that I do miss. And same thing with the Tom's cookies. I really miss those. If I could get a, a set of those, I'd be pretty happy. I appreciate you listening tonight. Um, we're going to have some more uh, content coming up soon that is uh, a little bit more uh, conceptual in nature and, and uh, maybe doesn't fall as much into the food and fun category as this episode. Um, but we're going to have more more food and fun as well. So if you've been listening all this way through, I really, really appreciate it. Um, it's it's great to have people listening to this stuff, and I'd love to hear from you. So you can check us out on BrighterEvening.com. My name is Josh. Have a great evening. Thank you for listening to Brighter Evening. I hope I've made your evening brighter. You can subscribe to us by RSS on Google or Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you get your podcasts. For more information on the show or this episode, please visit brightervening.com.